it can really be guidelines. The rejection does not really have to be super personal unless, you know, unless you feel not worthy to begin with. Welcome to the Big Kid Problems podcast, based on the comedic social channel all about not wanting to be an adult. I'm your host, Sarah Merrill, the writer, creator, and pretty normal human behind the popular Instagram, Twitter, blog, and now podcast, Big Kid Problems. So I've spent the last almost decade making jokes about navigating the adult world. And as I've gotten older, I've realized that no matter what your age is, we all have big kid problems. We're all just trying to figure it out. And you know what? That's okay. So each week, we're going to take a funny yet informative look at a specific struggle or big kid problem, if you will. Then we'll break it down with a rotating cast of comedians, personalities, and experts to actually give us the tools and resources to help us solve our big kid problem of the week. From love and relationships, money, career, physical and mental health, bad decisions, and just general life responsibilities, nothing is off limits. So thank you so much for joining me as we navigate adulthood together. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey guys, welcome back to another week and another episode of the Big Kid Problems podcast. I'm your host, the chick behind the popular Big Kid Problems Instagram, Twitter, blog, and now podcast, Sarah Merrill. Welcome to the show. Guys, today we have on such an accomplished, cool guest. I am girl crushing on her so hard. You may have seen her on the covers of Women's Health and Fitness Magazine, supermodel, health coach, best-selling author, podcaster, and self-proclaimed gold digger, Jill DeYoung is in the house today. Jill is an expert goal setter, and today she's going to help us define our goals, make clear action steps, and get over the hurdles of rejection. Whenever we set out to accomplish big goals, I mean, rejection is usually part of the process. And I was actually kind of surprised to learn that Jill has kind of become a pro at managing rejection. I mean, supermodels, they're just like us. But seriously, I guess in the modeling world, rejection is something that happens daily. And Jill has developed such a cool way of letting those no's just roll off her back and actually become part of her formula for getting towards what she wants. I mean, I know I struggle with rejection. Like I'm sure like most of you can relate. So hearing Jill's strategies were actually super eye-opening and I think very helpful. We also chat about romantic rejections, marriage advice, health hacks, and just so much more. This is such a fun episode with lots of tangible advice and insights. So without further ado, I say we just get right into it. Get comfy and we will be right back. Guys, Earth Day is technically next week, but I think Earth Day should be an everyday kind of thing. And something we can all do for our planet is to use more eco-friendly, recycled, and sustainable products, which is why I am so freaking pumped to tell you about Rothy's. Rothy's makes stylish, carefully crafted shoes, bags, and masks from eco-friendly materials like repurposed plastic water bottles and marine plastic. Guys, next week we're doing an entire episode on the plastics problem. And we talk a lot specifically about ocean plastics. So what Rothy's is doing is truly incredible. Their products are essentially knit from thread that is made from these repurposed plastics. And so far they have transformed nearly 100 million bottles into beautiful shoes, handbags, and face masks. And I know when I hear reused plastics and shoes in the same sentence, I don't think of comfort, but that's the crazy thing. They are ultra comfortable as soon as you slip them on. That's right. There is zero break-in period. I actually have a pair of white Rothy's in the Chelsea style and I am obsessed with them. They are so comfortable. They go with everything. And one of the things I like most about them is that they're machine washable. I mean, white shoes are so hard to keep clean, but with Rothy's, you can just pop them in the laundry and they look brand new again. Guys, I am a big, big fan of this brand and want to just encourage everyone I know to check out all the amazing shoes, bags, and masks available right now at rothys.com slash BKP. That's rothys.com 
R-O-T-H-Y-S.com slash BKP. Style and sustainability meet to create your new favorites. Head to rothys.com slash BKP today. All right, guys, welcome back to the Big Cube Problem Podcast. I'm joined now with Jill DeYoung. She is a former supermodel, health coach, celebrity trainer, author, and podcast host. You truly are a Jill of all trades. Is there anything you don't do? Yes, I do not play golf. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I'm i not really good playing any instruments. But I do, I, I got to say, I, I when I do things, when I really want to learn something, then I, I most of the time get pretty good at it. But I really put in the time. Yeah. I mean, that is that is an accomplishment in itself. It's It's so awesome to talk to you. Thank you so much for being on the show. I kind of took like a deep dive into your Instagram. I was doing some Instagram stalking. And it is so fun that you have like all of these adventures. And like you said, like even in your Instagram, even in your Instagram bio, you said, you know, you talk about your productivity and that you've been a gold digger basically your whole life. And I loved that term. I think that's so know, fun. Instead of the gold digger that, you know, like my husband's friends talk about and they're like, oh, this girl is a gold digger. I'm like, oh, okay. Um, you know what? I prefer to be a gold digger and, you know, make my own money and my own, have my own achievements. <laughs> oh, yeah. I Is that like, is that, did you just invent that? Because I want to put that on a t-shirt. Like, I You know what? So I, I have not heard anyone use it, but I don't think I invented it, but I, you know, I use it all the time. I love being a gold digger because, yeah, like life becomes juicier when you set goals. And when I set goals, I truly feel like, I now have a plan where I'm going, what I'm doing, I have this clarity. And I do as I say, like if, you know, if I want to do something, I go do it. And, uh, and it's, you know, it's, it's funny, actually, my, my ex-husband, when we sat down, you know, after our divorce, he said, uh, the one thing, you know, it's really annoying about you. And I'm like, please let, tell me. He said that you do everything you say. And I'm like, mm, but how is that annoying? And it was really funny because it was more of a compliment. He, you know, it just confronted him with, himself that he did not actually do all the things that he said he was going to do, or he would start things and not finish things. And so then you see your wife do all these things that, you know, she says he's going to do and makes you feel not good, right? About yourself. And so he said, uh, so it was really interesting to hear that from him. That is a huge compliment. And that's actually like kind of one of the reasons I really wanted to talk to you, especially now and this point of the year, because I feel like, you know, kind of the whole like juju around New Year's resolutions has worn off. Like a lot of us maybe like worked really hard to set goals or, you know, set ourselves up for the new year. But now it's been a couple months and I feel like people have slowed down. So I would love to hear as somebody like you who is a true gold digger, you know, maybe some of your tactics, some of your tools to actually do all the shit that you actually say you're going to do. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a really good question. And and it really starts with putting out your goals and, and setting those goals that you truly desire and not the ones that other people say you should do or focus on or you think you should be doing, you know, it's always a really, truly a heart matter. Like connect with your heart and see what you truly want to spend time on because making time for those things is going to be fun. It's not going to feel like added pressure. It's going to be more joy. And so like a few things that I wanted to accomplish this year was less actually about work, more about education. So I wanted to read one book a month and I've, you know, I'm a bit of an overachiever as you can probably already tell, like I would then read three or four books, you know, in the first month and I'm like, okay, but you know, that's, that's, that you don't have to keep up that pace, but I will, at the end of this year, I know for sure I've read at least 12 books, right? And so I keep that promise, but I'm truly excited about the education because it's books that I truly want to read. It's time that I want to make for myself. And mm. so it's really important to know what you truly desire, want, or feel like you need to experience in your life. The desires that you have are there for a reason. And, you know, sometimes the goals may feel a bit scary and big and you say, well, that's not going to happen. But you can also, you know, say, well, what if it if it can happen? And and so it, the really first step is always connecting to that desire. Desire is there for a reason. So don't be afraid, even if it's a big goal. I, ha- I set a big goal for myself to 
publish a book and I did not get that book contract as you know quickly as I wanted. But eventually I did. And I did publish a book called Models Do Eat. And it was a book collaboration. And it was a way better experience because of the collaboration with 10 other models who are all experts in the health and wellness industry as well than doing it by myself. And so if you look back in retrospect, sometimes, you know, when we hear no, or we feel like things are not going exactly, because maybe you've already started something, you've already, you know, you were really excited about a goal and you're like, oh God, no, I, 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 you know, it's, there's a roadblock and that's okay. Mm -hmm. The roadblock can really guide you to this new direction and this new direction can be better. And that's what you also got to be open for. There was always going to be roadblocks. If I had known beforehand how much time, effort, energy, money, and, you know, like sweat and tears that went into publishing a book, I would have never undertaken the adventure. It's you know, too much, <laughs> right? But because I didn't, I went with it year after year after year until I got it and did it and love it. And I, in retrospect, of course, you know, you'd say, of course I would do it again. But if you truly had told me that, you know, it would take me so many years and so much work and effort, you know, you kind of go like, mm, maybe not. <laughs> maybe you don't want it that badly. So, so don't get, yeah, don't be afraid of roadblocks because roadblocks can be perfect guidelines on redirection to wherever you need to go and it can be better. And, um, and then, you know, I think for, you know, as a personal trainer and health coach, I also see people set really big goals that they feel like they need to now work out every day. They need to mm. now like have a perfect diet every day, every meal. It's just not viable. It's also not fun. You know, like I love actually, you know, exercise. I love to to be active and to eat healthy, but not all the time, right? You got to give yourself a break. So if you want to start exercising more, then do one extra day. Or if, you ha if you're not exercising, do one day a week. And if that becomes a habit, then do two and then three. But don't do seven days a week right away because you feel like you're going to be disappointing yourself. And I think that's mm. really important in, in building confidence. And as a goal digger, I must say that I build confidence because I'm showing up for myself. It's really easy to show up for other people and 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 support them on their journey and and see where you know you can help and be of service. Sometimes harder to show up for ourselves and say you're worthy of the time that I'm, you know, you're giving yourself the time and the love and effort. And um, I think that is how you build confidence to set smaller goals and do as you say, show up for yourself, do the work and say, wow, you know, that was, yeah, maybe, maybe it wasn't easy, but I did it and I'm proud of myself. And now I'm going to the next step and the next step. So so yeah, don't be afraid to, to do the work and show up. And uh, even if things are not going the way you want to, keep going. Yeah. I, and I know you mentioned like setting, like sometimes you have these big goals and the roadblocks, like the roadblocks yeah. are so real. Yeah. Like I'm telling you, I've had some big, big goals. And at some point you keep hitting roadblock after roadblock after roadblock. And you're like, I don't even freaking know which way to go anymore. Like I, right. I, you know, sometimes you can feel a little lost in the process. Absolutely. I'm curious because I know like you, I feel like you're somebody who has like, you're so like well in the regimented situation. Like you have a good organization about you. And I'm like, I do not. Um, <laughs> do you, do you have like a methodology of like how you break down the working on the goal? Like are, like you mentioned some people do every day? Like, do you kind of, how do you break it down and make it achievable to make well, it into those steps? It, it really depends on how fast you want the goal, right? Um, to how, how fast you want to achieve it. But generally you can't really force anything to happen if you are depending on other people's answers. If you are depending on, uh, you know, outside money, if you want to start a company or, you know, whatever it is that you're going to do, I would say if you have like a job right now that you, you know, it's fine for now, but you want something else. Or if it's a, a you know, yeah, like let's talk about business ideas that you have for a better life, something that may suit you better. Then I would say just do some things every week. So I have designed in, during COVID, I've designed a yoga accessory and I have, I know it's going to be in every yoga studio. I can't tell you every detail about it, but uh, it's um, because I'm trying to patent it. But I will tell you that it's not something that occupies me full time, but I do have appointments with lawyers, people that can tell me about how to go about partnerships, how to move forward. And so a few hours every week, I have a time dedicated to that thing that I want to 
get on the market, that product. And so by the end of the week, you're going to set new new goals for the following week. Because so sometimes, you know, you, you can set goals for weeks and months, but if you have roadblocks, then everything is messed up again, right? So mm-hmm. obviously you want to set a goal as in, I'd like, you know, for this and this time, I'd like to be here. But then you can't always break it up perfectly because you just don't know what it's going to be like. So every week, naturally, you will see what you need to do next. Okay, we got this answer. We got that answer. Now we want to like, okay, an electronic press kit. How are we going to put that together? What information do we need? And so that's kind of like the, the school of thought. It's like, what's the next step? And what are the tasks? So you, you divide the task right under that thing that you need to get done next. And I think that's the simplest mm-hmm. way of looking at it. Of course, you can plan out much longer, but I think week by week, it feels more doable, viable, and and tangible. Yeah, 100%. I feel like that's something you said earlier that I'm like, oh, that's such a good point is just almost kind of like letting go of the time piece. Yeah. Because I feel like sometimes, you know, if you're really cramming in that goal, trying to make it happen right now, um, sometimes like easing up on that and like allowing for a little bit more time around it, I feel like that just makes things so much easier. I, I found that in my own life, you know, just... So there's not every week that I'm going to be able to work on my big goal. Like sometimes I just other shit is happening and I exactly and, and giving yourself the permission to kind of uh, come back to it is I think really important. Um, You're right. Absolutely. I agree. And, and if you hear a no, then it doesn't mean that it's a no forever. If it's a no now, it, it doesn't mean that it's a forever now. So if you get a no or, you know, that roadblock where you're like, I really don't know what to do right now, then you know, you walk away from it for, for, you know, it can be days or weeks and you come back to it and you learn from it. And you're like, okay, so for example, when I, when I worked on my Models Do Eat cookbook, uh, I was so confident I was going to get that <laughs> book deal. I was so confident. I was I already moved to New York to be close to my editors and I was just manifesting it, right? As in, I'm here so I can work directly with you all. Now I did not get a book deal. It was just like, what? What do you mean? I'm already here. And so what I learned is that, you know, I had to really, I mean, I got some excellent feedback. And so even though it was rejection, right, from one after the other publishing house, they pretty much all agreed that, yes, Jill, you, you know, you are um, a wonderful girl. You have some great information, but you're not an expert in your field. And also you don't have that many followers. So, you know, you got to educate yourself and you got to get more followers. And I'm like, you're right. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's common sense. Like that's great feedback. Thank you. All right, Google, how can I get educated and get like you know, <laughs> certification on what did you want? Okay, health coach. Okay, I'll become a health coach. I did not want to become a health coach. I just wanted to bring that knowledge that I want, you know, I put in the book and the recipes and all that, you know, nutritional information that really has changed my life. I wanted to, you know, to, to publish that and spread that around the globe. And okay, well, if I need to become a health coach, then I'll do that. I'll, I'll get the certification. But when I started certification um, at the Institute of Integrative Nutrition, I fell in love with the course. And I'm like, oh God, you know, like this is a perfect redirection example. And so after six months of uh, going into that course, they tell you, okay, you're ready to, you know, to, to target your first clients. And I'm like, oh God, like this is, I really don't want to do this. But at the same time, you know, you got to report back to your coaches, right? And so funny thing, I walked into the dry cleaner and this was going to be my first pitch. The girl at the dry cleaner had her gym clothes on and I'd never seen her in a gym clothes. And I'm like, hey, you're, you know, you're going to, you go in a gym. She's like, yeah, I really want to be active. And I, you know, she had some, um, some, she lost a family member and she was going through a lot and she really wanted to take care of herself. And I said, Hey, I'm a health coach. Did you know that? She's like, no. Um, do you want me to help you in your journey? She's like, yeah. What would it look like? And so that was my first client. It was actually really easy to, uh, to extend myself to someone. And then I was got nervous. I'm like, but now I have to actually do something right now. I have to, (laughs) Like, how do I do that? And so the funny thing is, it was so much more fulfilling. So I've been modeling for, for a long time. Um, I ended my career officially like a few years ago. So, but from 17 to 37, I'm now turning 39 
is uh, was my modeling career. And the first 10 years were really intense. And the last 10 years were not as intense. And I got to really push my health and wellness career and, and step into that, um, which I, you know, I, I never look back. I'm just like, I'm so much more fulfilled as a, as a coach. And that was interesting to me because when I helped her and I did it for little money because she didn't have much. And I was like, I'll just help you no, no matter what. And she, she stayed with me for a whole year and, and we had weekly coachings. And it just opened my heart, filled my heart. And I was just like, okay, this is what people like say when people feel really fulfilled in their life because they're off service. I've never felt that before because as a model, I was more about, you know, me, myself and I. So this whole journey kind of started like pushing me into a direction I never saw myself going. And now I love mm. it. I mean, it's it's truly where I feel most aligned and I have helped so many hundreds of men and women to feel better in their body and to connect, you know, in a, in a much better relationship with food, uh, understand nutrition. And, and overall, it's not, it's not even just about food. It's like, it's the foundation of everything. If you feel good, you're going to make better decisions. You're going to show up differently. You're going to be nicer to your partner, friends, family, kids, right? You're going to be more patient and loving. And, and, and I love that. You know, that's, that's truly the psychology that I am most excited about. That's so great. I love that that came out of a rejection. Mm. That's so funny. Exactly. And I wanted to tap on that piece for a second too, because yeah. I know that you do a lot with mindset. And um, I mean, I feel like you got this rejection and just we're able to turn it into a positive thing so easily. Like, have you always done that? Or have you ever had a rejection that like really like messed with you? <laughs> Let's see. Well, I I have to, I had to deal with plenty of rejections year in year out because as a model you are as good as your last job. So when you work today, you're on a big photo shoot and you make good money. You may not work for the next two three weeks, and you have to go on castings day after day after day after day to get your next job. So yes, you know that is rejection every day. If you go to six appointments and you're not getting a job, that's six rejections, right? Ooh. And I didn't think about that. Like you, you know, you you look at like beautiful people, and you're like, oh, they don't they don't go through those same rejections no, that I do. Easy, right? Yeah, yeah. No, exactly. And it's and it's weird, you know. And and the rejections are very, you know, they can feel very personal. Like I am six one. I always had to lie that I was five eleven because I was too tall for you know for for group shots for um, partnering up with guys. If you know, it was just a my height was an issue. Um, I have big shoulders, small chest, uh, big feet. I mean, there's always these things that can, you know, annoy the stylist, right? Because they would give me size eight shoes and I'm size 10, 11, right? <laughs> it's, and so then my big shoulders make some of the jackets not fit well. My long arms, oh God, you know, now you have this space in between your, you know, the wrist bone and, and the arm. So all these things are very kind of personal because they're like, yeah, no, because of this, I had, a, you know, a couple of moles on my face. I could not go to um, really big and high end cosmetic brands casting because they're like, we don't want to have any malls. Like, so um, I actually ended up removing two big malls on my face and I ended up getting really big money commercials and, and cosmetic brand campaigns. So it is kind of personal. At the same time, it's not. You're like, you got to say, okay, I'm a model. My body, my look is, is a product, right? It's, it's your company. You're going to take excellent care of it. But other than that, you can't change your appearance. And so you are unique. If they're looking for you, you'll get the job. If you're not the perfect match, you won't get the job. So you learn to kind of detach from it. Detaching. That is, I think, an interesting tactic because holy shit, that kind of that kind of rejection day in and day out, I feel like would tear me apart. Like if people were just like, yeah, we just don't like your face. You know, right, I would have a really, it, right? they're, they're nitpicking. Yeah, yeah. I would have a really hard time with that. So I actually, yeah. I think that that skill that you you've accrued by just getting this rejection, rejection, rejection is actually probably something a lot of us in the audience can can learn from. Is there anything that you do like mindset wise to um, help yourself, like not take it personally and really detach? Let's see. Well, the one thing I always do is I always do my very best. 
Let's say if I mm. show up in a meeting and now, you know, obviously I don't go to castings anymore, but when I do want to like get a, a contract with a, a, a company that, or a brand that, uh, that I love and I truly want to add value to their company and I have been, you know, in communication and, you know, they're, you know, they're not kind of biting yet. They're just like, yeah, we love you too, but right. It's kind of like, you know, any it's, it feels a bit re- like rejection too. I just go like, all right, you know, we're good. We're just keep showing up keep showing up, keep showing up, do your best. And so <laughs> these type of relationship, it can take months before you even get to work with a company. Um, and I think that when you, when you really do your very best, you cannot have any regrets. But if you mm. feel like, you know what, I didn't actually do the work, I wasn't prepared, um, or yeah, you just, you didn't show up your best, like self-sabotage, right? That's what we do at times. But if you show up your best, you're like, you know what? This is all I could do. I did my very best. And maybe my very best is different today than tomorrow. But you know what? I'm not, not going to beat myself up about it. So it's also about being kind and say, you know what? These rejections you keep learning from. So so use it as learning and growth moments. And try to really detach from it. Uh, and if you did not do a good job, if you really feel like, you know what, I did not do a good job at all, then make sure the next time you will and, and you will feel differently about it. So I do feel like yeah. there's some, you know, something called divine timing where, um, you know, you constantly like can use the rejection as a stepping stone. You're like, oh, okay, I'm learning something new about how people perceive me or how people think of me or the work that I'm doing. Maybe I have to, you know, like educate myself a little more, maybe have to work some other muscles a little more. And so it can really be guidelines. Rejection does Mm -hmm. not really have to be super personal unless, you know, unless you feel not worthy to begin with. And, you know, it's it's about feeling really worthy of, of, of working with a, you know, uh, I'm talking now about a company for, you know, as a personal example, because that's what I'm recently working on and with. And so that's like really in my reality, but it can be anything that you want to do. If you want to make new friends, if you, um, you know, you're looking for a partner, um, your dream partner, you really want to feel worthy of the love, of the friendship, of the job, whatever you're looking for. And if you're not feeling worthy, you got to understand where that is coming from and what, what that insecurity is rooting from. Oh my gosh. So many things in there we could go into. <laughs> I I love that piece of advice so much like about dealing with rejection is just showing up, making sure that you show up doing your best. Like, I've never thought of it in that way with rejection because I I I'm thinking you know what you know what came to mind for me as I was thinking of um a romantic relationship mm-hmm. where I got rejected from yeah and I was having a really hard time with it and I tried everything I could to get this dude back like I was showing up I was you know sending the emails I was like doing all of these things but at the end of it I kind of I had like a moment of clarity where I was like you know what? I tried I tried as hard as I could like to mend this relationship. I did everything I could. And you were your best still, self. Yeah. Yeah, I literally I brought everything I could and then the rejection at some point I was like, okay, he still doesn't want me, but I did everything I could and there was like a a little I don't know a moment of clarity in that where I was just like, okay, maybe this isn't right for me. And like, I did what I could and now I can walk away from it because Beautiful. I tried. <laughs> exactly. Like that that moment. And I, I think I can really relate to that because my ex-husband was my best friend. We'd been to, married for 10 years, together for 12. He was very unhappy with himself and his career and just did self-sabotage constantly and then pulled me into the drama constantly. So I couldn't be my best self. And so when he, um, when he cheated and admitted and he was just like, you know, he, he wanted out. And so I think that he was just not brave enough to tell me like, Hey, I'm, you know, this is not working anymore, or I want something different, or we're not aligned with our future. He, he, yeah, he was scared and he cheated. And so in a way it felt like rejection for a second, but then I turned it around so quickly. I forgave him right away when he told me, he told me over the phone, I was standing at the airport and he told me, and it happened at Burning Man. And, you know, there was some, you know, some, uh, some, well, mind altering things involved. And so um, I was like, you know what? I, I'm really sad and kind of mad and, and everything. But at the same time, I know why you're doing it, why you've done it, like what you needed to get out of it. And I forgive you. And I'm like, whoa, 
Like I said it like right away and he was like, whoa. But then also like I started realizing that he had gone over my like line. Like he had, it was kind of like, okay, you disrespect me, disrespected me too many times. And this is just, you know, like it's done. We're good. We're, you know what? Like you can leave. It's okay. You know, like you're testing me and I've, I've constantly been forgiving you and, and, and always welcome you with open arms. But you know what? I'm respecting myself right now more than that. And I'm going to say no more. And, and we parted. And so Wait a second. Wait a second. Yeah. Okay. We have to back up here. Yeah. How long have you been married at this point? Uh, 10 years of married and 12 years together. 10 years of marriage. He calls you, tells you he, he was unfaithful. Yeah. And so originally you forgave him right away. Did And then did you come back after thinking about it? Or was this all in the same conversation where you're like, we, we, you, you crossed the line, we're good. I forgive you, but we're good. So the, the first the first thought was we're going to get, you know, we're, we'll be able to move on because I am big enough of a person. I My heart is big enough. I understand it was nothing personal. Again, see how well I actually did with the rejection in a way because I didn't feel like it was about me. It felt like he needed to find <laughs> his power and, you know, prove himself and feel a connection and, you know, Feel, feel loved in a different way. So I could see the psychology of why, you know, and feel why he needed to do it. So the forgiveness was that right away. I've always forgiven him. And that's actually, you know, been a blessing. But that's um, a superpower. That is a superpower. But also <laughs> did it for really myself. Is. You know, it's just like, it, you know, what they say, it really is for yourself more than for the other person. Because I knew what he was going to lose. I'm like, you know what? I'm a perfect wife. I am so fucking <laughs> awesome. And he's going to lose me. And so mm-hmm. I did know like my own power, how well I was invested in this love relationship. But yeah, only that realization that, you know, he that I really needed my own space and that he shouldn't be in my life anymore came later. Mm. And, and that was just like, uh, okay, you know what? Yeah, no, this is silly. I'm trying to make up for his mistakes. I'm constantly trying to smooth things out, iron the kinks out. But you know what? There's fundamentally something wrong now. Yeah. How much longer did you stay in the relationship before you pulled the plug? Well, I had to move out right away. So Really? Yeah. Ooh. Four days, probably. <laughs> yeah. I was actually wow. on my way to a friend and that's like, when I'm back, you're out. And so, yeah, I, I did I did kind of give him time to like, you know, come back and see if he had, you know, the best way to win me back, but he didn't. And I was like, wow, okay, we're, we're really done. It was- Damn. Yeah. So, but now I am happily married again. Can you believe it? Five years- um, you know, I had a five month break before I met my now husband and we've been together for five years and got married recently. And it's been truly amazing to find another soul connection that really suits me so much better. And so when I'm thinking about the loss, I also think about this huge win. As we talk about goal setting in this episode, I have to tell you something that has helped me immensely when it comes to my own business, and that is Canva Pro. Guys, for someone who makes content for a living, I am truly so bad at design. Like, beginner is a nice way of putting it. I'm more like the level below beginner. And I never realized how much I would actually need design to help my business grow. I mean, everything from marketing to creating proposals to social media and podcast promotions. I need design help for all of it, which is why I was so happy to find Canva Pro. Canva Pro is the easy to use design platform that has everything you need to design like a pro. It's a quick, easy, and affordable way to design basically whatever you need. I mean, no matter what you're creating and sharing, Canva Pro has everything you need in one place, including a collection of over 75 million premium photos, videos, audio, and graphics. Plus, Canva Pro comes with time-saving tools that simplify and speed up the creative process. My favorite Canva Pro feature is the Instagram story feature. Whenever I have a new podcast that comes out weekly, I need to make Instagram stories to help promote it. So if you follow me on social, you've definitely seen them. And Canva Pro makes it super easy to create eye-popping stories 
really fast. Like, especially because I usually procrastinate until the night before to make them. There's no idea too big or too small for Canva Pro. So all of you gold diggers out there, whether you're trying to wow your boss the presentation, start a side hustle, or even just create fun invites or cards for a baby shower or bachelorette, whatever you're working on, Canva Pro will make your life easier. So if you want to start designing like a pro with Canva Pro, you can get a free 45-day extended trial when you use my promo code. Just go to Canva dot me slash big kid to get your free 45 day extended trial. That's C-A-N-V-A dot M-E slash big kid. Again, just Canva dot me slash big kid. Check it out. It's amazing. I mean, that's it, always easier in hindsight to go back and always. be like, wow, this all really happened for a reason. You were able to do that. And that is incredible. When you were, when, when, before you met your new partner, were you, did you have any moments of like freak out where you're like, oh yeah, am I ever going to love again? Oh, absolutely. You know? Cause I'm very much about touch and smell. Like it's almost like an animalistic, you know, it's like this. It's not so much about how people look. I mean, of course, I like good looking men, but it's really the touch and smell. It's animalistic. So when, you know, like you, you kind of go like, well, how am I ever going to find that again? Right? That, mm. that's, that scent that smells like home. The touch that feels like you're safe. And I found it again. It's crazy. Absolutely crazy. I, you know, like I, if, if you were to blindfold me, and uh, you would line up 20 men in front of me and I would sniff their, you know, their bodies that say, I would know which one is mine. <laughs> is that crazy? I love that. I love that. You could pick them up in a lineup, completely yep. blindfolded. Yeah. And um, it's the temperature of the skin. It's the scent. It's the touch. I mean, it's really, you, it just feels like a soul connection. Yeah. Uh, this is this is so interesting. And I want to kind of get into how you found your new partner because I think you mentioned like you, you manifested him. Yeah, that was the quickest manifestation ever. When we talk about timing and not putting a time on things, it happened in 24 hours. Okay. So crazy. Because so, I know girls listening to this podcast are going to be like, how? <laughs> I know. Like, I mean, I hope you can replicate this. <laughs> so what I did is... Um, so first of all, I was on a modeling job in Maui and I'd never been to Maui. And so I wanted to stay an extra day. Now I had lost my driver's license in the snow in Colorado a month prior. And I I wasn't able to rent a car, nor was I able to rent a motorcycle. I love motorcycles. And so I was just like, God, what am I going to do now? And I was um, thinking, you know what? I'm just going to have to sit down and relax. I'm going to... I'm going to write down the goals of my year. So it was January 31st and I was going to make sure that, you know, I had, I was, I knew what I wanted for this year. So I said, okay, goals, business. All right. Uh, what about personal things? I want to fall in love again. And I was like, wow, I'm surprised that I'm saying that because it was not too long ago that I was divorced and I was, you know, really heartbroken over him. It wasn't easy to part. It was absolutely mm -hmm. terrible. And so I'm here in Maui sitting on the beach and I'm writing down, I want to fall in love again. I want to find my soulmate. And the next day, you know, going back to the airport, but I want to exercise. I want to do something. So because I didn't have a driver's license, I was like, well, the last thing I can do is get on a bike and <laughs> see the island cycling. I go into the bike store and the bike owner says that it's going to be the tour guide. There's going to be a guy joining and uh, the guy walks in and it's, <laughs> and it's him. It's Eric. Uh, he, and I blush and I don't blush very easily. So I'm like, oh God, that's the guy that I saw a few days prior when we were having a dinner at a restaurant. I had already scouted him a, a few days prior on the other side of the island. I was like, what are the chances that that guy is not riding with me? And so we, we got on a bike and um, we got to chat and I was just really drawn to him. I was like, there's something really different about this guy. And yeah, we got to, we got to exchange numbers and he also lived in California. So that same week we got to go on a first date. And from that time on, we've been inseparable. <sighs> 
so lucky. So lucky. Crazy, right? I feel like, yeah, that was like the easiest manifestation story. Yeah, I wasn't I've ever even heard. like super detailed about it. Like I was just really like, I'm ready to fall in love again. And I, you know, I really didn't know that he was going to be the one because, you know, he wasn't like super ready. Like he wasn't some, he, he, he'd been uh, single for a long time. And so, uh, and he's in finance. So I did a risk analysis on him. We, I sat him <laughs> down and I said, so um, <laughs> let's talk your language. So what's the risk analysis on me? And uh, I'm telling you to t- share you what I think that, you know, what the risk is of dating you. <laughs> so good. Yeah. That's so good. But I, I mean, you felt it right away. So that's, that is- The heart connection was the whole so thing. strong because he, you know, he didn't even look the part. And this is also, I think for your listeners, you know, we always have an idea of what our partners look, should look like, would look, would love, the, you know, him to look like. But he was he didn't look the part. You know, he didn't, he, if there were 20 men in a, in the, you know, in the, I mean, it was drawn to him at the restaurant as in his confidence and he, the way he, you know, he, he stood out because of his energy, but it wasn't the look. And so mm-hmm. when, you know, like I introduced, you know, my, my now husband to my friends, they were like, huh, interesting, completely different guy <laughs> than, you know, you normally go for. I'm like, yeah, that's right. It's, you know, and that just proves how, you know, the heart connection is obviously most important. And that, uh, I mean, he's still a handsome, you know, really handsome man. So I'm enjoying looking at him out every day, but it's just so interesting that we kind of get stuck on hair color, skin color, yes. a certain height. He's shorter than I. And that was actually an issue for him in the beginning. That's so funny. I had a very similar situation with my current fiance. He wasn't like the typical type that I picked out at a bar. Like I would literally walk into a bar when I was single and I would be like, all right, who's above six foot? <laughs> exactly. All right, who has brown hair? Like I would narrow it down to like one to two maybe three guys in a bar that I was even going to pay attention to. See, this and, is what we do. I know. So we limit ourselves. It's so true. It's so true. Okay, so wait, you've been married now twice. Yes. And I am about to get married. I know a lot of our... So exciting. So exciting. Um, I know a lot of our listeners are kind of in the same boat. And I would love to hear from somebody who's now been through it twice, some of your best marriage advice. Well... It may sound simple and it may sound straightforward, but I will explain you that it's not exactly that simple. So my best advice for a successful marriage is always, always continue to do the things that you love. Express yourself the way you want to express yourself and and work on your own happiness. As individuals, we are responsible for our own happiness and two happy individuals will have a happy marriage. And so let me explain that a little bit further because you're like, yeah, sure, no, that's, maybe, you know, what you probably think of. But when I think of my first marriage, I think about how unhappy my husband, then husband was, right? He he wasn't happy with himself. He didn't feel worthy and had many insecurities that I only realized much later. Or maybe even when we divorced, I thought he would, was much more confident than, than, I, um, than he actually was. And so him being unhappy, him projecting his unhappiness on me, me wanting to try to fix it, me wanting to like um, give him the happiness. I cannot do that for him, but I was trying year in, year out before all went down. So um, I started doing the things that he wanted to do. I started asking him, what do you want to eat? What do you want to do? Who do you want to connect with? I wanted him to be happy so badly that I forgot about myself. Also, he, you know, he spoke for me. He, he, he loved to talk. And I was a great listener that has helped me in many other ways, you know, to, to learn that skill set. But I actually have a lot to say too. And I, you know, I did not, have, there was no space for me to really express myself. So I couldn't really grow as much. And so in this new relationship, I do exactly what I want to do, when I want to do it. And of course, you know, you, 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 it's easier because my now husband also loves everything I love. And, and so mm. common interest is quite important here, um, you know, to share things that together. But um, I'm really more expressive. I'm, I'm not scared to say, you know what? I don't like this. Or when you say that, this makes this is how it makes me feel. I don't walk on eggshells anymore. And that's the whole difference that the communication part is huge, right? That is, like maybe that is actually number one, communication. If something is up, don't let it fester. Talk about it. And if, you know, if you're 
partner cannot really deal with it and say, you know what, I see you're having a hard time taking this, you know, information in or this confrontation. Shall we talk about it some other time? But I'd like to address it. So you can think about it now. If you don't know the answer, it's fine. I just want to know that I love you. And this is how I feel has nothing to do with what you, you know, what you did maybe. It just, this, this is just how I feel. So if you can't, if you don't point fingers, but just say this is how I feel, and you may feel differently about it. Maybe you can explain yourself. And so we can solve this issue. Because if that shit does not get talked about, it just piles up and piles up and piles up, right? And mm. then you fight over shitty things. And um, yeah, you're just not as kind and nice as you want to be. Yeah. It is such a, like, a thing that is easier said than done. <laughs> you know, the whole communication piece. Yeah. It, it, you know, and we've talked about it a lot on this podcast too, just like how people have different styles. Like my fiance is somebody who wants to talk about it immediately. He's like, oh my gosh, we have a problem. Let's <laughs> sit down. Oh yeah, me let's too. Solve I love it. that. Yeah. I, I'm like, I'm going to stew about, I would like to stew about this for two to three business days. <laughs> I'll get back to you. If it's a you. Friday, then next Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to, I would just like to be mad if we could, if we could go through with this. So uh, it's definitely okay. something we're learning. I know we, we, we try. I mean, we, we definitely now like we we've like learned so many tools. We're both like big into self growth, so we like approach situations much differently now than yeah. we did when we first started dating, which is fun. I feel like any couple can kind of learn these communication tools and absolutely and uh, and work with them. As we continue the gold digger episode, I think everyone listening needs to make it their new goal to have a cleaner tush this year. Guys, the future of toileting has arrived. Okay, it's technically been around for centuries, but super expensive, costing thousands. But now the brand new Hello Tushy 3.0 modern bidet attachment is here to level the playing field. It's stylish, eco-friendly, easy to install, and affordable. Hello Tushy 3.0 doesn't just cleanse your butt with a precise stream of fresh water. It cleans itself before and after it's used with the smart spray automatic self-cleaning nozzle. It attaches to your existing toilet, requires no electricity or additional plumbing, and cuts your toilet paper use by 80%. So the Hello Tushy bidet pretty much pays for itself in only a few months. You use water to clean your body. I mean, it's time to do that for your butt. And guys, the feeling of clean is so next level. Like, it's hard for me to put it into words. It's just something you have to experience for yourself. So if you want to give it a try and make your butt feel like 16th century French royalty, Hello Tushy has a 60-day risk-free guarantee and a 12-month warranty. Already got a tush on your pot? Upgrade to the new 3.0 model. And if you're new to the revolution, join millions of happy Hello Tushy customers right now and have a clean butt with everything every flush. Our listeners can go to hellotushy.com slash big kid for 10% off plus free shipping. So again, get 10% off plus free shipping and get your butt clean at hellotushy.com slash big kid. That's hellotushy.com slash big kid. Oh, and then lastly, I want to share one more thing uh, just uh, came to me. Know what your partner's love language is. If you haven't read that book, The Five Love Languages, read it, please. It will help you because you know what you know what you need most and you can express that to your partner if even if he does not read it. And you know how, you know, like how you can ha- nurse his heart best, how to really make him feel loved. Mm. I have a confession. I we've talked about this book a lot, and I've definitely like read up on the book, but I've never actually read the book. And do you every, have a feeling that you what you may kind of gravitate towards, like the? Oh yeah, the, that's the whole thing. I'm like, I know his love language, and I know mine, know so like, I don't need to read the book. You're good, but. I, Uh, It's funny. I've been looking up all these like marriage, like all of these lists that people say, like, these are books you should read before you get married. And that is always on the list. So I'm like, maybe I need to, maybe I need to dive in. I mean, because I know my partner's love language, but I don't actually, I'm not always so great at giving it to them because it's different than mine. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, And especially when it's different than yours, it takes 
a little bit more thinking about it. Okay, how do I, if it's, you know, like an act of service, then you got to like, okay, what does he really truly desire? What is he, what, what means a lot to him? Or if it's, um, you know, the, the, the words of affirmation, like, you know, I personally don't need a whole lot of words of affirmations. Like I feel like it's sure, it's really nice to receive compliments, but I feel very confident within. So I'm just, mm. I don't need to hear it that much. But my ex really did. And I only, and, and I did not read that book in my first marriage. So <laughs> I, I, was, I am an act of service girl. I will give you whatever you need. Maybe you don't even know you need it yet. Like it's there. <laughs> I, I'm really like love giving myself as act of service, like doing things for others. Yeah. That's so funny. I'm, I'm, I'm similar in a sense, or my fiance's is um, words of affirmation. And I am somebody who like, when people give me words of affirmation, like I want to crawl out of my skin. Like I hate compliments. Like I'm just like, oh, I just don't like it. So it's like, it's so awkward. I know that I have to, you know, give him those things, even mm, though I don't want them. It's very, it's, it's like one of those things that I've had to like learn how to do. <laughs> yeah. And I, I do think it's very interesting because I think that as soon as you start saying it more to him, he will also say it back because it's kind of natural, right? Like, oh, that's nice. I like what I'm receiving and I'm going to give it back. Even though you may not necessarily love, are you like you're saying you're cringing when you get those compliments. You may actually want to really practice taking it in because, you know, he's the one you want to hear it from anyway. If someone, you know, a stranger on the on the street will tell you all these wonderful things about you, you're like, yeah, whatever. But you really do want to hear it from him, don't you? Like, it's nice. It's nice to take it in. And if you can't really take it in, if you're really still cringing, if I talk about it, then you may, again, want to look into that worthiness, right? Of that self-love piece for yourself. It's like, why is it so hard to receive those compliments? Dude, we need to, this could be a whole separate podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait. Okay. So I actually, I selfishly had some questions for you that I, I'm like, I see your time and I'm like, I have to get these to you because I'm excited sure. about this. But okay. So you are obviously, you've had this incredible modeling career and you've been on like covers of magazines and all this stuff. And like, to be on a cover, I feel like you probably have to go through like extreme things to get ready for that. And I am getting ready for a wedding and same, same, but different. I'm like, I feel like I have to do all of these extreme, extreme things to get ready for this one moment. So yeah. I'm curious if you have any like tips, hacks, things that you do in preparation for that so that for my brides to be out there, we can, we can copy them. <laughs> yeah. So when I heard the, the, the term extreme, my alarm bells already go off. I'm like, no, no, please <laughs> do not do the extreme. You think you may need to, but please don't. Don't starve yourself if you want to lose some weight. Uh, you'll be miserable. Do not obsess about all the little things. Focus on the things that really matter. Like really don't, don't go into, I need it fast. Because as models, you don't get ready for a photo shoot or a cover shoot overnight. You're you're always in shape every day of your year because you shoot winter in winter clothes in summer. And so you need to be ready all year round. And so of course, when I do need, you know, to either show up in little to no clothes, right? I do eat a, few, a little less bread and, you know, carbs and stuff that I really love um, the days before. Like I will like go like, okay, my, my tummy needs to be a little flatter. So I just, I don't want to have a little bloat. I just want to, so the day of the photo shoot, I'll have just liquids in the morning, like a smoothie and tea, maybe a banana. But I only like, when I really get hungry, I obviously allow myself to eat, but it's kind of nice to have that flat tummy, right? It gives me a good feeling when I shoot for like a cover for women's health, for example. Now, mm -hmm. of course, you know, like it's it's the days, the days before, the weeks before, the months before, right? As a new bride, the most important thing is that you feel great. And and so do all the things that make you feel great. Just surround yourself with amazing people. And really, if you feel like you need to lose weight or look a certain way, then start months prior, not weeks, not days. And, and really try not to ruin your day with insecurities and worries about how you look. Because in 10 years, you're going to look back at those pictures and you're going to go like, why the heck was I worried? Like, I look so good. I'm, I'm, I'm you know, like it's, you're never going to be worried again. So please don't worry too much and just have 
fun. And if you, you know, if you're going for a dress, then, and you know, it's a, it's a more complicated dress, make sure it's super freaking comfortable. You want to be comfortable because a lot of, you know, the photo shoots I've done, I've been very uncomfortable in, in a lot of different clothes. Now for, for more like sporty stuff, athletic, athletic wear, it's, you know, it's different, but I have been very uncomfortable in heels, in you know, skirts that were too tight, shirts that were scratching my skin. So when you choose your your wedding outfit, whatever that may be, of a dress, like, I mean, it can be anything nowadays. Make sure you're really, really comfortable. Don't just go for looks, right? And so I'm really going back to feeling. Or if there's anything other specific you want to know, I would be happy to answer, but yeah. Yeah, no, where were you two years ago when I picked my wedding dress? <laughs> <laughs> you already picked your wedding dress two years ago. Wow. Yeah, well, I was I was supposed to get married in July of last year I see. and then COVID happened. So I got postponed. So I picked it out. I picked it out when I was also like just turned 30 years old. And now I'm going to be like 32. I'm like, my whole body's different. Mm. Like this dress I picked out two years ago is just, oh man. Does it, it is, does, uh, would you choose something completely different? That's what I, I think probably. I think I probably would. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it's a beautiful dress. I actually just got it. Um, I hadn't even seen it. Like I tried the dress on two years ago. It's been sitting in New York. And I finally just got it maybe two weeks ago, yeah. uh, delivered to my house. So I just, yeah, I, it's a beautiful dress. I'm like, I understand why I picked it yeah, at the time. Course. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. I would maybe pick something different now. Now I'm thinking I might actually do a second dress situation. The whole thing's a mess, Jill. <laughs> <laughs> well, you look, you can make it as complicated as you want or as simple. Because really, if this dress is not going to be it for you, don't, don't wear it. You know what? You want to hear how I go, went about my my second um, time marriage and how I went yes, about my please. wedding outfit? Yes, please. <laughs> so, so in Maui, there's very few to little stores that would offer you something nice for a wedding. I also personally don't love wearing dresses because I just don't feel great in them. It feels restricting oftentimes. And it just, you know, you have to tug constantly. And I just... It just, dresses don't really work well with my body type. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to try something new. So I I went to one store and I, I you're going to laugh. I went to Macy's and I was like, well, it's going to be a beach wedding. There's going to be very few people. It's, you know, COVID. So great. I don't have to do anything extravagant, but I'm going to do me. So what is that? Mm. I went to like, I, I went through the store and the funny thing was I, I walked out with a white bra that was like had some lace on the bottom and it wasn't fitting perfectly. It was going to bring it to a tailor and it was going to, I was getting a, a cover up for a bikini. And I was like, this is going to be my skirt and I'm going to have the tailor, you know, just make a skirt out of this. So I have a top, I have a, a bottom. And I did that. It cost me less than a hundred dollars. And that oh my was my God. wedding outfit. And I was okay. so happy. I pretty much got it within two hours. I had it tailored. And so you can do something like that where you feel totally comfortable in your outfit, so happy in your body. And I would totally recommend doing exactly what you want to do that day because in the end, you need to be comfortable. You need to enjoy yourself. It doesn't matter what other people think. I love it. You're going to have to send me a photo so I can share it with our community because I want a visual. Oh, yeah. I I need to see this. Great pictures, too. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I can't wait to see. Oh my gosh, Jill, thank you so much for being on today. It's been so fun chatting with Pleasure. you. Pleasure. I, I, I you know, I was um, going through your Instagram too and I was like, God, I wish this girl, I wish this girl lived closer because we would totally be <laughs> friends, you know? Sarah, I would, I would totally stalk you and, uh, and pursue you as my friend. Um, I am down to come to Maui anytime. Oh, please do. I mean, we do have guest rooms here. I keep inviting our friends and not many have showed up yet. They're, you know, they're like busy with work and their families. So you are absolutely welcome. Oh my gosh. Amazing. I'm going to be hitting you up later for those guest rooms. Can't wait. (laughs) Thanks for the invite. Booking my flights. My pleasure. (laughs) Jill, thank you so much. For anybody who wants to find more of you, um, get more of your insight, tell us where we can find you. So on Instagram, I'm at underscore models do eat. And I also have my own podcast show. It's called Life Done Better. Yes. I'm actually, I, I am going to pimp out your um, podcast for a second because I've been loving, you've had some excellent guests on there. You've had some awesome topics. Like I love when I personally listen to podcasts, like I obviously have my own, but when I listen to other ones, like I love podcasts like yours oh, where I'm like, I'm getting 
valuable information. Oh, you know, you. like it's not a lot of, it's not any fluff. It's like good. It's like great info that I'm interested in. So. Well, that, that means a lot because yeah, you know, as podcast hosts, we do put a lot of time in, you know, knowing what guests we're inviting and what subjects to touch down on and really getting valuable information to all our listeners because our time is valuable. Like to really spend time with us for 30 minutes to an hour is, you know, is it, we're going to have to deliver. And so there's always a little bit of that pressure, like, ooh, like I hope the audience is going to love what we share. And then, you know, you always go back to that one rule, right? Always do your very best. Yes. Oh, I love ending it on that note. <laughs> Jill, thank you so much. And we'll see you next time. Bye. That is a wrap on our episode this week, guys. Hope you enjoyed this one. Like Jill said, it really is an honor to have you guys tune into these episodes and spend your time with me week after week. I really don't take it for granted. So seriously, thank you. If you're digging this pod, remember to subscribe and hit those five little stars. Maybe leave a two-sentence review if you can. Your reviews and you sharing this podcast with your friends or posting it in your stories really does keep this show growing and going. So big thank you to you. I hope you guys got some value out of this episode and are well on your way to becoming a gold digger in your own right. I have to tell you, I have been working on a pretty big goal for the last year and I'm getting super close to the finish line. So expect a little exciting announcement from me soon. Got to keep you on your toes though until everything is wrapped, but I am so, so pumped and can't wait to share it with you all. So stay tuned. Until then, I hope to see you back here for a brand new episode next week. Until then, I will see you next Tuesday.